I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Not Your Average Joe, the podcast that'll make anyone a little less average. I'm your host, Joe Franco, and the fluffy thing on my mic is dust. Some ASMR for you. Anyways, it's me, Joe. I am recording off-site. I'm in Staten Island visiting a good friend. So this is the first time I'm recording a podcast daily, not in my hermit cave. I have a unique personality type. Um, I am the kind of person who loves to leave my house and travel and whatever, see the world. But I'm also the kind of person who can be in my house for five days in a row without leaving. Is it anyone else like that or is it just me? It's giving me some like, you know, dual personality vibes. I go through these big waves in my life, these chunks of hibernation where I'm in my office, in my house, working out. I'm almost like a little lab rat. The way I can describe how I live, it's like a lab rat. I'm working on the computer. I run on my little wheel on the treadmill and then I eat, sleep, poop and start again you know it's like it's a very vicious cycle but it's necessary because then come may i'll start traveling again and then i'm on a plane every week and i will have needed this stability now to be able to have the instability to be able to have the instability <laughs> to be able to have the instability later hello hello is my okay i think i think it's working anyways uh I'm glad that we started with a little uh, mispronunciation there because today's episode is all about shitty work and failing. And it is something that I don't talk about often. I, I love doing this. I really am enjoying this writing because it's making me think about different topics. And it's week one. We've been in the creativity category right now. Like we're really talking about what it means to live a creative life about imposter syndrome, failure is a distant cousin. So we're on a train of thought together. I'm hoping that next week, when we hit week two, we shift gears a little bit and maybe I'll just like pull a topic out of a hat and write about that. Again, everything I say rhymes. Okay, without further ado, let's get into it. Today's piece is called The Importance of Shitty Work. Kill the intro, sis. You know she's not your average show, not your Today, let's embrace mediocrity and strive for nothing more than potentially shitty work. The perfectionists in the room gasp. <gasps> Usually, I play on their team, harping over every single millisecond to produce impeccable work, or at least work I deem to be good enough to share with the world, with a sneaky feeling right when I click post that it still could have been better. But hey, at least my perfectionism is no longer paralyzing me. Here we are, another day, another entry. This morning, while texting Lucas, the friend who inspired this challenge, I got on a tangent about how posting this podcast and sharing my writing with the world is like posting in a void. 
There are no comments, little to no feedback except for my siblings, and a few DMs here and there with metrics lagging a day or so behind. How will I ever know if people like it, I asked. How will I know how to improve? By the way, I'm rolling my eyes at my own perfectionism. Am I enjoying the work? Yes. Is it making me feel more confident each day? Yes. Do I have a cheeky little grin on my face while editing when the music caresses the words beautifully, creating a whole vibe? You better believe I do. So in theory, I should be content, right? Wrong. There's clearly a disconnect that I wanted to investigate. On one hand, I feel great about the work that I'm doing. Truly, I wouldn't want it any other way. But on the other hand, I cannot help but crave external forms of validation from strangers listening around the world. People who I'll likely never meet, who don't really know me other than the bits I choose to share. Yet, these people, these strangers, occupy a chunk of my mind that if left unchecked could dictate the entire mood of my day. How in the hell is this possible? And more importantly, why does it even happen? To uncover the root of this insatiable urge to be praised, we have to time travel back to the caveman era, when our species was first learning to navigate its way around the world. Without sophisticated tools, limited resources, and most importantly, without Google, our survival depended on being a part of the pack. Our fellow tribe members looked out for us and we looked out for them. Being well-liked, therefore, became one of your strongest assets to make sure you lived another day. Likeability was likely a currency measuring your worth. Do or say the wrong thing, and the pack might leave you behind to be eaten by tigers. Because of this, capturing and maintaining the approval of others has been woven into our DNA, and this is when our deep-seated desire to belong is born. As a result of this whole, they need to accept me and like me, otherwise I'll get eaten by the tiger complex, our self-esteem is directly correlated to the amount of praise or recognition we receive. If we're not praised, we must not be worthy enough to belong in the pack. And if we don't belong in the pack, we must not be worth anything more than prey, food. We conclude that without praise and in turn acceptance, we'll get swallowed whole by the tigers. And today, those tigers often live inside of our minds. But what about those brave enough to stand outside of the pack, to walk on their own? Of all the jobs I respect, stand-up comedians definitely deserve their flowers. Their job is to fail, fail often, and fail quickly enough to revise their jokes, sometimes while executing them, to make better sets and hopefully, eventually, do the job people think they do, which is make people laugh. Leave it to humor to be medicine strong enough to combat the pungent feeling of failure. Or at least take the edge off. Stand-up comedians who are serious about their craft will willingly sign up to potentially be ridiculed while they wobble their way through shaky material in front of a live audience full of high expectations. Instead of one tiger, comedians stare in the eyes of several while sweating and trying their best until they get a laugh, if they're lucky. In doing shows multiple times a week, failing might not get easier, but becomes a simple part of the process. Experiencing failure is also the only way to know if you're improving, and it's the only way you'll know to enjoy the sweetness of success. So being bold enough to be bad is now something I'm learning to respect. Because being mediocre is an unavoidable product of doing something often. If you do something every day or multiple times a week, you'll suck eventually. It's impossible to spew out hit after hit, but in the end, that's not even the point. When embarking on a habit-building journey, the whole mission is to form the habit, to do it often, 
even if it's a little subpar on some days. The tricky part, and this is where it stumps me, is that our society weighs heavily on success metrics, on numbers, and in my case, views, downloads, likes, and shares, in other cases, money, titles, and steps up the corporate ladder. When we fail or perform poorly, it's usually tied to one of these success metrics that we consider the numbers assigned to our self-worth. And we've been wired like this from childhood. You get praised in the classroom for having the right answers, for completing the assignment quickly. Our little minds absorbed that speed and accuracy were the only ways to be praised, accepted, and loved. Imagine what our world would look like if we were praised for the practice, for the process, for the desire to improve. That's the world I want to live in. Because in most cases, those metrics don't accurately reflect the values behind the efforts. And in my case, the success metrics came on a five-year delay. It takes balls to fail for a long time because we have bills to pay and goals to accomplish. Those who have the patience to sit in pain will learn it eventually pays off, a lesson I'm relearning now. I'm no foreigner to failure. I've rebranded my relationship to it altogether because of language learning. Failure, I've learned, is the only way to achieve fluency. Six languages later, and I befriended my mistakes, laughed at them even, creating linguistic inside jokes only a handful of people on this earth would find funny, but it makes failing fun. Day after day of failure after failure, I'll eventually have enough fails under my belt to speak a new language fluently, to think in a new way, and remind myself that if you're courageous enough to stumble through the fails, you'll be rewarded with a new lens on life. Eventually, I'll have experienced enough discomfort to grow. I'm convincing myself that writing and making these episodes must work in the same way. Some days I'll suck. And even though our primitive mind tells us that being bad at something is the worst case scenario because it might get us kicked out of the pack, leaving us sad, lonely, fending for ourselves in our tiny little skirt made of animal skin, when we zoom out, it's clear to see that these fears are silly. They were planted in our brains by perfectionism. There is no real danger at all. We don't even need praise to survive. Sure, a little compliment goes a long way, but when you do something you want to do, your intrinsic motivation and why you do what you do should outweigh the fear of failure. Plus, if you feel like you're not being appreciated, maybe you just haven't met your tribe yet. We're out here operating with prehistoric brains in 2023. The only failure would be going through life actually believing the scary things our minds tell us. The fear tactic narratives that we just might not be good enough prevents us from doing what we know in our gut we want to do. If I suck at this entry today and I don't die as a result of mediocre writing, it's proof that the paralysis of perfectionism has more power to kill our creative passions than our fear of failure. And when I wake up tomorrow, not dead, I'll have another chance to get back on my keyboard and try again, which is, to me, the real win. If you want 10 masterpieces, you need to write at least 1,000 pieces of potentially crappy work. It's just a part of the process, because good or bad, what matters is consistency. So your homework assignment is to do something today that you're bad at and befriend your failure so it knows it can no longer hold you back. That is it for the day. I hope you enjoyed that. I feel like every time I write these entries. I mean, I, I want to spend more time writing. This is a good sign because when I start writing, I don't think I have anything to say about it. And then I have a bunch of things to say about it. And then when I'm done, I'm like, oh my God, I could say more about this. This is exactly how I want to start the year. And it's becoming more beautiful every day. It really is. 
I'm challenging you right now on the other end of the speaker. I, I want you to feel what I'm feeling because it feels so damn good. It's like for so many years, I wanted to feel like this and I, I didn't know how and I just wasn't executing. I was just thinking about it. Like how stupid is that? I was just in my own head about it. And I remember writing down a list of things and habits that I wanted to do every day. This is what it was. It used to be like read something every day, write, of course, writing was always at the bottom of the list, create something every day, which again, always got to the bottom of the list, and, and a few other things like run, learn something. And I did all of the other habits, but I would always avoid writing. And I think partially it's because of the fear of failure. I was really happy with the episode I made yesterday, the episode about imposter syndrome. And I woke up this morning with this weight on my chest wondering how I could make another good piece. And this is exactly what prompted this piece because I am afraid of doing something that's bad. But then when Lucas told me like your job today is to fail, it took the weight off. It took the pressure away. I just need to accept that when you do something many, many times, you will not always be good at it. And then eventually you'll be good and you'll be better than you were. The point is not perfection, it is progress. And uh, that's where I'll leave us today. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend who could relate and rate the show five stars. Shoot me a DM, send me a text if you have my personal number. If you're in Joe Club, you can send me a DM on Circle. If you're not in Joe Club, you can sign up for the wait list. Our doors are currently closed. We are working on making the club the best place on the internet, but there is a wait list so you could be the first to hear about when we open up our memberships again. And I'm just so jazzed up. I'm potentially going to be launching Joe Club in universities, which would mean we would have Joe Club in universities, in corporations, and in the club as it is now. Uh, and all of this journey has been documented in my journals. How wild is that? I remember writing down the numbers when we had four people in a meeting. I have that. I have the receipts. I got the receipts, y'all. So whether you join Joe Club or not, just remember, document your journey. We are on this process together, even though it feels like I'm speaking into a microphone that goes into a void. I do know you're out there and I would love to know more of you. So follow me on Instagram at Joe underscore Franco. Follow the show's account at not your average Joe pod and shoot us a DM, shoot us a message, comment our little videos. Eventually, I'll post the visuals of these podcasts. It's been like the struggle bus for me here. I have the visuals, but my perfectionism is stopping me from posting because I want to make it proper videos. You see what I'm saying? So I got to get out of my own head. I think posting is more important than not posting at this point because I'm going to do it again tomorrow. And that's the beauty in doing something daily. If you're bad today, you have another chance every other day of the week to do better, to show up in a better way. I hope you're having an above average day because you deserve it. I'm gonna show up tomorrow, whether it's good or bad, I'm showing up and I will see you there. Hey yo, come listen to my girl, man. What you doing? Shit. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.